Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers the best of what's new in the search for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease treatments. I'm your host, Shanti Skiffington, and my co-host, Dr. Elliot Goldstein, is not with us today because we're going to do a bit of a different podcast today. Uh, You're going to hear my voice only, and I'm going to be reading a white paper uh, that Dr. Jim Kupik recently wrote on a very uh, big milestone that's coming up on Friday, November 6th. If if you've been following the news, uh, Biogen, which is the developer of aducanumab, which is the drug candidate we've spoken a lot about on this podcast, Um, it's one of the amyloid targeting drug candidates. Uh, It's currently in review at the Food and Drug Administration. And on Friday, they're having what's called an advisory committee meeting. And this is a meeting where the FDA welcomes and invites uh, experts from around the world to deliberate, discuss um, the data that's been put forth uh, supporting the drug candidate. And at the end of the day, where um, they'll hear from the plan spot they'll hear from the drug sponsor which is biogen they may hear from some from some patients from some people who participated in the trials uh, they'll review the data and at the end of the day they will take a vote and that vote um, will have some influence on whether or not the FDA goes on to approve aducanumab so obviously, if the, if the advisory committee votes in favor of approving the, uh, the drug candidate, uh, that would be great news uh, for the industry and certainly for patients. So Dr. Jim Kupik has written an overview of some of the issues that this advisory committee might be considering. And I'm just going to read through that white paper Uh, It's just another way of getting the information out for those who don't have uh, time to read through the five pages. It's fairly lengthy, um, but uh, if you're interested, settle in and I'll begin now. Dr. Kupik's white paper begins with an overview of the issues. uh, And the title is, will the FDA advisory committee on November 6th recommend approval of Biogen's aducanumab application? a promise, quote unquote, reading of the tea leaves. Uh, As you know, Jim Kupik is the chief medical officer of Promise Neurosciences, which is the company that supports this podcast. So here's his overview of the issues. First, Biogen announced on July 8th, 2020, that it had completed the FDA submission of its biologics license application, uh, abbreviated as BLA, for aducanumab and then announced on August 7, 2020, that the FDA had accepted the application, granted it priority review, and set the Prescription Drug User Fee Act target date for May 7, 2021. That will be the date that the FDA uh, makes their decision on aducanumab. Uh, Overview point number two. Less than eight weeks later, the FDA announced it would convene an advisory committee of scientific experts on November 6, 2020, to provide, quote, advice and recommendations, unquote, on the aducanumab BLA, as this drug would represent the first disease-modifying therapy for Alzheimer's disease if approved. Overview point number three. The advisory committee will debate whether the data contained within the BLA 
justify Biogen's claim that the drug provides, quote, substantial evidence of effectiveness, end quote, and that it is adequately safe. The advisory committee provides recommendations, but the final decision will be made by the FDA. Overview point number four. The phase three eMERGE trial was unequivocally positive, and it is our view that the majority of advisory committee members will conclude that subset data from the phase three engaged trial and the overall phase 1b prime trial results provide the requisite confirmatory evidence. Uh, overview point number five, FDA has encouraged Biogen to submit this BLA. It's endorsed continued clinical use of aducanumab in an open label study, and it's shown its willingness to approve drugs despite limited data in instances where there is significant unmet medical need. Final overview point, although we conclude aducanumab is likely to be approved by FDA, its modest efficacy and safety concerns justify the need for a next generation therapeutic that selectively targets toxic oligomers, offering the potential for improved safety and efficacy. So now we go into the body of the white paper. It has been a very busy year for the aducanumab project team at Biogen, and their efforts will culminate on November 6, when they publicly defend the aducanumab biologic license application, BLA, for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease before the Peripheral and Central Nervous Systems Drugs Advisory Committee. Despite the direct impact on COVID, of COVID-19 on members of the Biogen team, they completed their rolling BLA submission in early July after meeting with the FDA for their planned pre-BLA meeting to ensure all application components were complete. Although FDA then had up to 60 days to decide whether to accept the application for review, Biogen announced just 30 days after their submission that the FDA had accepted the application. Moreover, the FDA opted to grant the application priority review, setting a Prescription Drug User Fee Act target action date for March 7, 2021, and thereby committing to a significantly reduced review period. Biogen also revealed that FDA granted the BLA priority review without Biogen needing to submit a priority review voucher, which they had apparently received from FDA in December 2016 in response to a successful Spinraza application for the treatment of spinal muscular atrophy, a pediatric rare disease. A non-voucher priority review strongly suggests that the FDA believes aducanumab potentially represents a major advance for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. Biogen also indicated that FDA, quote, has stated that, if possible, it plans to act early on this application, end quote, also suggesting FDA is already well-informed regarding the application data and is seriously contemplating approval. In light of the target action date next March, most of us in this area of research anticipated FDA would, would schedule an AC meeting early this year, AC being advisory committee. However, FDA surprised everyone by publishing in the Federal Register on September 29th that the AC would be convened on Friday, November 6th. Such rapid announcement less than two months after accepting the application suggests that FDA has already reached internal consensus on whether they view the application as approvable. Why convene an advisory committee meeting and how will it be conducted? 
The FDA Office of Neuroscience, consisting of five reviewed divisions, does not often convene the Peripheral and Central Nervous System Drugs Advisory Committee. For example, the Office of Neuroscience approved in 2018 and 2019 some 18 new novel drugs, yet convened only one advisory committee meeting to solicit recommendations from external experts. The large majority of drug applications are relatively straightforward, and the agency can efficiently decide whether to accept or reject the application. In situations in which there are significant questions about the clinical evidence and conclusions contained in the application, or in which there is strong public interest due to the disease or the novelty of the therapeutic approach, the Office of Neurosurgery can decide to convene an AC to solicit advice and recommendations. The AC membership is currently composed of nine voting academic experts in neurology, psychiatry, biostatistics, epidemiology, and internal medicine, as well as one consumer representative. In addition, one non-voting member from industry who is an expert in neuroscience drug development also serves on the AC. The six-hour AC meeting for aducanumab will be virtually convened due to COVID-19 restrictions and streamed via the internet. After introductions and short FDA opening remarks, I expect Biogen will have one hour to highlight the key components of their application and make their case for aducanumab's approval. The FDA team, typically led by the medical reviewers, will then, over the next hour, provide their analysis of aducanumab's benefit-risk assessment and their perspective on the approvability of the application. Note, the FDA slide pack which provides their analysis is often posted a few days before the AC meeting. Clarifying questions at the end of each presentation are allowed. At the end of the FDA presentation, the FDA will provide a list of questions they wish the AC to vote on at the conclusion of the meeting, although these questions could be offered up at the beginning of the meeting during FDA's opening remarks. After a lunch break, I expect there will be one hour open public hearing where various interested parties, non-Biogen and non-FDA parties, will comment on the application. As this is the first application for a disease-modifying therapy targeting AD, I suspect there will be families with a member having AD who will argue for approval as Alzheimer's disease is a significant unmet medical need and there's currently no available therapy that provides any hope of reducing progression of the disease. I also suspect that patients who have participated in the aducanumab clinical studies may independently provide their perspective of the drug's benefit. The high level of expressed emotionality I expect during the public hearing may or may not impact the final decision-making by AC members, but it will linger in the background as AC members debate the questions. The chairperson may or may not initially go around the table asking committee members for their preliminary thoughts. The AC then engages in debate, and the pros and cons of supporting a yes or no vote on each FDA question will be deliberated by the AC. Once the chairperson concludes all outstanding issues have been surfaced and adequately addressed, he will call for a vote on each question and then adjourn the meeting. So what issues will the AC debate? The FDA will likely pose a series of questions to the AC regarding the BLA's demonstration of adequate effectiveness and acceptable safety to substantiate FDA approval of the BLA, 
for the purposes of marketing aducanumab. I also suspect FDA may question the AC on the generalizability of aducanumab's use in AD. Substantial evidence of effectiveness. The most significant FDA concern is whether the external experts agree the BLA has, has demonstrated, quote, substantial evidence of effectiveness, end quote. This licensing requirement has generally been interpreted as calling for two adequate and well-controlled clinical trials that are positive. However, under certain circumstances and consistent with the 1997 FDA Modernization Act, FDA can conclude that one adequate and well-controlled clinical investigation plus confirmatory evidence is sufficient to establish effectiveness. In the aducanumab BLA, clinical data from two large phase three studies called Emerge and Engage and one phase 1B study called Prime comprise the data set supporting approval. Only the Emerge trial was unequivocally positive based on an analysis of the final data set. The analysis showed a statistically significant 23% reduction in cognitive decline on the primary endpoint. All secondary cognitive and functional endpoints were also statistically significant, and Biogen's biomarker analysis support the interpretation that aducanumab benef beneficially impacts the underlying AD neuropathology. The ENGAGE trial did not show an overall treatment benefit like EMERGE because of the discordant impact of a 2017 protocol amendment on these two trials that differentially increased the percentage of subjects in the EMERGE trial who received the maximum dose of 10 milligrams per kilogram for a prolonged period of time. Despite the negative outcome on the primary and secondary endpoints of the ENGAGE study, a post hoc analysis showed that the subset of engaged participants who had consented to the high-dose protocol amendment early in their trial participation had a treatment benefit on CDR-SB similar to that observed in the equivalent suspect in the equivalent su subset of the eMERGE study. Biogen concluded that trial subjects who demonstrated a reduction in their rate of clinical decline had consistently been administered the highest possible dose of aducanumab over a prolonged duration, and I agree with their conclusion. There are various statistical issues and subset analyses one must grapple with before accepting Biogen's position, and the AC will undoubtedly debate them. With respect to BLA approvability, the dose-responsive impact of aducanumab on clinical endpoints and biomarkers in the smaller PRIME study also provides in addition to the engaged subset data noted above, the supporting evidence that confirms the effectiveness of aducanumab, which was su sufficiently demonstrated in the eMERGE study. The major question put before the AC will undoubtedly be whether the members agree with this position. The AC will acknowledge that aducanumab's treatment benefit is modest. However, they will also agree that the treatment benefit is clinically meaningful in the absence of any existing disease-modifying therapy for Alzheimer's disease. They will wrestle with the question as to whether, in light of existing data, it is ethical and impracticable for Biogen to conduct yet another large-scale, multi-center clinical investigation at the highest dose before reconsidering the BLA. I predict a majority of the AC members will vote yes to the question as to whether the aducanumab BLA demonstrates substantial evidence of effectiveness 
but there may be several strong dissents. Demonstration of adequate safety. Carriers of the APO E4 gene have a higher risk of amyloid-related imaging abnormalities, uh, abbreviated ARIA, when administered anti-amyloid antibodies that bind amyloid plaque and dense deposits of amyloid in the brain vasculature. In fact, this is why Biogen scientists initially limited the maximum available dose administered to these APOE E4 carriers in the eMERGE and ENGAGE studies, which are subsequently amended to rectify this restriction. At the highest dose, the overall incidence of ARIA-E is 35%, and this unpredictable side effect limits the maximum dose of aducanumab that can be administered to a group of AD patients. This incidence of ARIA-E associated with aducanumab administration represents the highest rate associated with any anti-amyloid antibody tested to date in clinical studies, and the AC will be asked whether the use of aducanumab, if approved, should be restricted or managed to minimize the safety risks associated with its use. For example, I'm sure the AC will discuss the following questions regarding clinical management. Number one, who can prescribe aducanumab? Should prescribing be limited only to AD specialists such as neurologists? Number two, how often and when should MRI scans of the brain be, for, be performed to assess for the presence of ARIA-E? Number three, must a radiologist have specialized training in neuroradiology to assess the presence or absence of ARIA-E? Number four, should a patient be titrated up to the maximum dose of aducanumab in an attempt to diminish the emergence of ARIA-E? And finally, can a patient who developed ARIA-E ever be dosed again with aducanumab? Restrictions on who should receive the drug. The phase three studies were conducted in subjects with early Alzheimer's disease. Early AD is comprised of symptomatic patients with mild cognitive impairment or mild dementia due to Alzheimer's. In the phase three studies, subjects had to have demonstrated brain amyloid for trial consideration as a means to confirm they had the critical neuropathologic change consistent with a diagnosis of AD. Typically, such change is shown by either specialized PET imaging or drawing cerebral spinal fluid via lumbar puncture to enable a specialized lab analysis for abnormal amyloid. More severe patients having moderate dementia or at the other extreme, asymptomatic patients at risk of AD and having evidence of AD neuropathology were not evaluated in the aducanumab clinical studies. If the AC votes yes for approval, they will be asked to confirm that aducanumab should only be prescribed for patients with early AD. Administration of aducanumab to others would re represent quote-unquote off-label use. Final comments. Alzheimer's disease is one of the highest unmet medical need indications in medicine, and FDA is committed to approving a drug for this indication. FDA neuroscientists and team leaders have been active in promoting the development of new cognitive endpoints and biomarkers to demonstrate drug impact on the underlying neurobiology of Alzheimer's disease. The FDA has already demonstrated its sensitivity to medical need in the past. For example, when endovirone was approved in Japan in 2015 for the treatment of ALS on the basis of a single six-month study evaluating 137 subjects, FDA strongly encouraged 
Mitsubishi, Tanabe Pharma to file a marketing application in the U.S. The drug was quickly approved and FDA required post-approval commitments by Mitsubishi. A similar example occurred in 2019 when FDA granted accelerated approval for galaterizin for the treatment of Duchenne's muscular dystrophy based on a very limited clinical data set requiring the sponsor, Sarepta, to conduct a clinical trial to confirm the drug's clinical benefit. FDA's potential approval of aducanumab, despite its modest treatment benefit, will encourage other sponsors to develop next-generation therapies that have greater efficacy and better safety. Promise is developing an anti-amyloid antibody, called PMN310, that selectively binds a toxic oligomer of amyloid beta not plaque, and not monomers, and we therefore expect PMN310 will demonstrate much greater efficacy without the side effect of ARIA-E. FDA leadership and scientists have met on multiple occasions with Biogen over the last year, and FDA has shown a deep interest in encouraging Biogen to prepare their BLA for submission. Moreover, FDA endorsed continued clinical use of the drug by approving the resumption of aducanumab testing in an open-label study to collect additional safety data. The FDA thus appears to be willing to approve the aducanumab BLA, but needs the AC members to confirm and validate its assessment. A positive recommendation at the November 6 Advisory Committee meeting will both provide support to FDA in its decision-making and catalyze investor interest in the next generation of therapies targeting amyloid. That's the end of the white paper. And again, a reminder that the advisory committee meeting will be held on November 6th and it will be live streamed. Thank you for listening.